What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show what up what up what up welcome back to lockdown universe some of the bizarre peculiar and unheard of stories of ufo legend and paranormal lore welcome back welcome back happy to be back hope you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves. Today we're going to talk about an episode titled uh, DARPA Turns Insects Into uh, Remote Controlled Cyborgs. Okay? Yeah, that's the title. That's what we're going with. I know it sounds crazy, but guess what? This has been going on a lot longer than you think. You see, they've had different programs and projects. Back in the 70s, I had done a, a podcast about how the CIA had had created a dragonfly that was robotic, right? Well, apparently DARPA decided that it would be it's too challenging to create too many of those and they're too costly, but what they found was that they could put a small microchip or a little backpack so to speak on the back of <laughs> on the back of different insects and control them. Uh, through electric stimulation with a laptop, thus making it basically a radio-controlled insect, or if you want to call it a remote-controlled cyborg zombie uh, insect. So, let's take a look and find out a little bit more about this. Now, this this uh, podcast and the article based on it comes to us from uh, Wired.com from an article back in 2015, March 16th, um, written by uh, Marcus Wu. Wu. Now they actually show in a video um, with audio cues as well as the remote control cues how they control the insect uh, and turn it left, right, left, right. I mean, it's really impressive. Um, the audio cues are more for us to be able to see versus them to be able to see, to use, um, how they do it. Like we said, um, there's a little tiny backpack that they placed onto a beetle that researchers can electrically stimulate tiny muscles below the wings, creating a living mini copter that they can steer with amazing precision. Um, uh, they can make amazing banking turns any which way they want. Now, what's crazy is you can buy your own kit to command a cockroach even at home. Uh, that's mind-blowing. Now, they even have a link here. I got to click it. I got to see what this is. So, it takes us to a link called BackyardBrains.com. And the experiment is to wire wirelessly control a cockroach. Um, it's actually an experiment that they, they uh, tell you how to create... Uh, using a spiker box. Um, so, 
Yeah, this is really interesting. It gets like kind of like in depth. I'm not going to go too much into that. <laughs> but they have like this little like microchip with this like circuit board on the back of a cockroach and it stimulates the brain um, and it stimulates the muscles and the neurons and it shows you how it works. Um, how it, it states that um, the cockroaches have two antennae on their anterior end. These antennae assist to guide the cockroaches through the world sensing touch and smell. These tiny hair-like sensors are connected directly to neurons and um, these neurons communicate to the brain. So it sounds like what they're doing is they're they're taking these um, these wires and connecting them directly to the neurons and they have like visual pictures here as well and the spikes will then travel to the roach's ganglia and stimulate the natural sensuomotor reactions. This is how you can control the cockroach's movement. Basically stated, if we stimulate the neurons on the right antenna, the cockroach will react by turning left. It will assume it's touching or bumping into something. Um, and then they stated, um, the science of neural interfaces you will be studying today is very similar to the cutting edge neural engineering going on at hospitals and universities around the world. For example, you can try stimulating at 55 hertz, which is roughly the same stimulation that neural engineers use when stimulating uh, an individual uh, and treating them for Parkinson's disease. But you actually have to like commit yourself to doing surgery on this robot. Dude, what does this sound like? This sounds like Neuralink, doesn't it? Sounds exactly like Neuralink. This is really, really fascinating stuff. Um, that article, and then we have the original article where DARPA created a backpack <laughs> to put onto a beetle is even more interesting because they don't have to create a robot now. All they got to do is create, what? A little backpack to put on as many insects as they want. And they don't have to create a bunch of small little pieces they can just create these backpacks really fascinating so let's keep going so um scientists have known about this and pulled it off for the first time in 2009 uh when a team of uh california uh, university of california berkeley uh, students and engineers created their first remote control beetle but again darpa is the initiator of this they did this uh, before these guys, and, and probably in conjunction, you know, in all honesty, DARPA has their hands in almost everything, so they probably did a little bit of conjunction work here as well. Um, but what's really interesting is there's different stimulation with these, with controlling flying, it becomes a little bit more complicated than, than just stimulating the cockroaches to an antennae, right? If you stimulate one, it's going to turn the other way. It thinks it's bumping into something. And the way that they do that is they like implant this like this like metal rod inside the cockroach. Kind of like Neuralink almost in a way. Um, but with this backpack it's a little bit different. They stimulate the muscles more than they do the antennae directing it. So they can't fly 
certain things by stimulating the brain. They fly them by stimulating the muscles. It's, it's a little bit different, but not that much different, right? We know that individuals, when they're undergoing brain surgery, can be stimulated to do all kinds of things. They can be stimulated to lift their left arm. They can be stimulated to give you the finger. They can be stimulated to look left, look right, even say certain things. Um, we're getting to the point where we are at such an elevated technological level that we can do brain scans, MRI scans, and other um, high-tech scans to know exactly which portion of your brain connects when you say certain words and when what part of your brain is being fired off when you are saying certain words or certain memories. It's really, really, truly fascinating. But anyway, so what do you think? the government could do with hundreds of thousands of these backpacks on these on these little insects for example the beetle well it could control things couldn't it right it's all about control for example it could fly one of these things into Saddam Hussein's uh, cabinet members meeting right back in the day if they wanted to which is what we were talking about with the, uh, what was it? Uh, Project Acoustic Kitty, where they were trying to get the Acoustic Kitty that had a mic'd up uh, body, it had, a, had a microphone and a transmitter um, built in so that we could listen in with this cat, um, hopefully walking into the, uh, the room with these people in these certain countries that would just allow random cats to come into their, their uh, meeting halls. But instead of having a cat... You got a beetle. So it becomes easier to listen in. And now, I mean, th this stuff is like pre-cell pre phone, right? I mean, this is the tech we needed pre-cell phone. We really don't need it now. They can listen in on anybody they want through their own phones, right? They can tap phones. They can listen in. They can do, you know, cyber hacking. They can do all that stuff. So this is kind of outdated tech. But imagine for a second. Imagine you want to take somebody out, right? You just unfortunately ended up on their hit list. Well, you backpack up one of these beetles. You backpack it up with uh, something, some kind of poison to poke somebody with. And, that, and, and they're done. I mean, they used to do this stuff back in the 70s. The mafia used to go in and uh, inject people. If they wanted to take them out, you know, they were causing too many business problems. They, they'd walk right into a club. They'd have a guy with a needle. They'd jab him. This is one, part of the Iceman documentary. He was a hitman for the mafia. Um, and he would inject people with potassium, which would give them a heart attack. Well, all you need is one of these, like, little cyber beetles, you know, to go right in. Hit your guy with just a little peck. And guy's toast. Guy's done. Um... There was, I believe it was a Romanian diplomat that got this crazy disease. It was like monkeypox, but it was like monkeypox on like crack. Um, and he got all, all this, all these bumps all over his face and he never recovered. They said it was like heavy metal. Um, he, he, was, he was either Russian, I don't think he was the Russian, you know, president. I think he was, but he was a high level leader that they basically wanted out of the way. Um, and he barely made it through, but with a lot of side effects. Um, so I think this is an interesting tech. Um, how it can be used today in our cyber world, 
again, right? It could be used, you know, in a in a, in a militaristic um, fashion. Um, could it be used against people? Sure. Uh, there's probably more efficient ways. Um, if you're going to use it against a mass population, um, you know, you could theoretically, um, and and this is has they've already done this is they've used real mosquitoes that. Um, they genetically modified, and you can look this up, to uh, have a certain bacteria in it and release these genetically modified um, mosquitoes with the bacteria to go out into the world and um, infect certain other um, animals or uh, whoever their targets are. Um, I could probably try to pull it up, but um, it's very, it was, it was really interesting um, secondary topic that I had, uh, government engineered mosquitoes. That's all you got to type in if you wanted to look it up yourself. Engineered, engineered mosquitoes. Um, but yeah, if you think that, you know, it's not possible, Guys, there's so much stuff you don't know. I mean, even I don't know, right? That's why I do the research and I bring it to you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Um, so here we have... Okay, here we go. So the environmental, the EPA, the EPA cleared the release of 2.4 genetically... 2.4 billion genetically modified mosquitoes in California and Florida... Mosquitoes created by a biotech firm, Oxitec, will be non-biting 80s Egypti males engineered to only produce viable male offspring per the company. Oxitec says the plan will reduce numbers of the invasive 80s Egypti, which can carry diseases like Zika. Remember that? When it made the kids' heads small? The Zika, Zika virus? yellow fever, and dang uh, fever. The female mosquitoes will die while the males will reproduce and spread the self-limiting gene to the next generation, eventually leading to population declines. While the diseases aren't yet spreading in California, the invasive insect has been flagged as a growing risk. Now, this was an article back uh, from the Smithsonian Magazine back in 2022. Uh, March 30th, written by Margaret Osborne. So, as you can see, they can modify and use insects in any way they really want to. And if they wanted to flood a, a, a virus, they could. They don't have to, but they could. And so, these things are an option. Um, but again, you know, you'd have to need to use these backpacked beetles for a specific purpose and they must be doing it for a reason because they're already running the projects so just think about that something to chew on something to think about and ask yourself why why would they want to control some beetles what is the purpose is it for earth's protection would they use these zombie-like beetles against some alien threat would they even be viable an EMP pulse could knock them out of the sky, couldn't it? Or at least eliminate our capability of using radio-controlled frequencies. 
Um, would they be using this against a human population? Would they be using this for some kind of other benefit? It's interesting to note that a remote viewer um, that was just listening to on the Art Bell program talked about the year 2050. And I think I talked about this in the last podcast. But they talked about the year 2050 and how the population was declining. They said they stated that it wasn't a problem at that time, interestingly enough, and that we had figured out a way of free energy. And we were working our way towards a, a more freer world. How could population not be an issue at that point, especially with free energy? There has to be something that happens between 2023 and 2050 to where population isn't an issue. Could it be that, you know, we end up being the victims of some sort of disease spreading, you know, mosquitoes out there or some zombie horde of beetles that attack us? We don't know. Chew on it. Think about it. Have a great weekend. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.